The first Bible reading is from Psalm 65, verses 1 to 8. Psalm 65. For the director of music, a psalm of David, a song. Praise awaits you, O God, in Zion. To you our vows will be fulfilled. O you who hear prayer, to you all men will come. When we were overwhelmed by sins, you forgave our transgressions. Blessed are those you choose and bring near to live in your courts. We are filled with the good things of your house, of your holy temple. You answer us with awesome deeds of righteousness, O God our Saviour, the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas, who formed the mountains by your power, having armed yourself with strength, who stilled the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves, and the turmoil of the nations. Those living far away fear your wonders, Where morning dawns and evening fades, you call forth songs of joy. This is the word of the Lord. Uh, The next reading comes from Mark. It's Mark chapter 4 from verse 35 to 41. And that's on page 994 of the Bibles in front of you. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father God, we give you thanks and praise for the great privilege we have of gathering here this morning. And we come with thankful hearts. And we ask that you would open our ears and our eyes that we might see you clearly. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Roger and Andrew are the most amazing people to work with. I don't know whether you've discovered this, but they're a pretty amazing group of people. Well, two of them anyway. No, the whole team's actually fantastic. But they're also extremely persuasive. 
So today, we continue the series that never ends. They wanted us to preach through Mark, so we're preaching through Mark, and it feels like we're never going to get to the end. But today, we come to a particularly exciting story of Jesus in a boat. And what we're going to ask this morning is, what does this account tell us about the person of Jesus? And what does it tell us about trusting in Jesus? Well, we learn two very different truths about the person of Jesus. On the one hand, we learn that Jesus is very human. As you may remember, if you've been here over the last few weeks, Jesus has been teaching to large groups of people. The groups have not only been large, but they've been pressing like teenagers at a One Direction gig. They've been chasing him all over the countryside. So much so that last week we saw Jesus enter a boat and continue his teaching from there. As you might imagine, this would be both physically and emotionally tiring. And so we hear that Jesus wants a break from the crowds. And in verse 35 we read, When the evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, he went. And there were other boats with them. And then a little bit later on, we discover that Jesus is in the stern of the boat, sleeping on a cushion. Now just as an aside, if you read this story, there is an amazing amount of detail here. A striking amount of detail. There are a number of boats, he's in the stern, he's on a cushion. And if you think about it, none of those particular observations add very much to the story, really. Um, it's true that in modern fiction, writers sometimes use this kind of detail to ensure that the narrative comes alive. But at the time that Mark was written, no one was doing that. And so really, this kind of detail speaks to the fact that someone has been an eyewitness. They've actually seen what is going on. They've noticed what's going on. And they've recorded those kind of details. They've noticed that Jesus was asleep in the stern on a cushion. It's a remarkable kind of detail. And it's helpful to understand that this is true, that this is real, that this is an eyewitness account. Well, as we've been saying, Jesus is exhausted. So exhausted, in fact, that when a serious squall comes up, he remains asleep. Now, apparently from time to time, uh, on, the, on the Sea of Galilee, on the Lake of Galilee, there is huge storms. Uh, it results from the fact that Mount Hermon is, is about uh, 2,800 metres high and the lake is about 700 metres below sea level. And as the warm air hits the cold air, it produces these huge storms. In fact, the word here could be hurricane. Uh, so there's this great hurricane taking place uh, on, on the Lake of Galilee. And Jesus is asleep. Now we think that this hurricane is probably even worse than normal uh, because experienced fishermen are frightened. They're terrified. And if you follow the themes of Mark through, you, you actually get a sense that there might be something evil taking place here as well. There might be something evil behind the scenes as this storm takes place. 
Now, if you haven't already noticed, there's actually a lot of similarities here between this story and the story of Jonah. Remember, Jonah is caught up in the ocean. He retires in the midst of a storm and falls asleep. And people are indignant when they find him and raise questions with him, which is exactly what takes place with the disciples and Jesus. However, there's one very significant difference, and it's to do with the second truth we find about Jesus. Jesus is not only human, Jesus is divine. You might remember in the story of Jonah, the situation is resolved when people have pleaded with their gods and finally Jonah says, well, just throw me overboard, that will satisfy things. And God stills the storm. Here, though, Jesus stands and he stills the storm. He is God here on earth. He stops the hurricane. And he stands and he simply says, be quiet and stay quiet. It's it's like he's speaking to a child. Be quiet and stay quiet. There's no sense of struggle. There's no pleading. There's no sense that the command would fail. It's just a simple statement. Be quiet and stay quiet. But there's more. He simply doesn't stop the wind. He stops the wind and the waves. We read here that it was completely calm. The word literally means mega calm or dead calm. It indicates that everything becomes totally still, including the waves. Now, it's one thing to have stopped the wind, but imagine stopping the waves as well. A number of years ago, we had the uh, great privilege, through the generosity of my parents-in-law, of spending some time on Kalala Beach. Uh, It's just on the edge of Jervis Bay. And uh, literally, we stayed in this house, which was on the beach. You walked outside, and and you literally walked onto the beach. And one of the amazing things to be able to do there, as you looked out the window, was to watch the storms come in over Jervis Bay. It's just like, oh, wow, all these storms coming in. And it was just brilliant shows of lightning and thunder. And of course, the waves would whip up. But once the storm was gone, the waves would keep pounding. They would keep going on, and sometimes for days they would continue after the storm. But here, Jesus says, be quiet, be still, and the waves stop. It's dead calm. He's in complete control. We have a remarkable picture of power here, enormous power, reminding us that Jesus is not only human, but he's divine. Remember those words from Psalm 65? You answer us with awesome deeds of righteousness, O God our Saviour, the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas, who form the mountains by your power and have armed yourself with strength, who stilled the roaring seas, the roaring of their waves and the turmoil of nations. This is Jesus. And of course, this juxtaposition of 
Jesus' divinity with his humanity reminds us of his uniqueness. If he had not been human, he could not have come as our representative to die on the cross in our place. He could not really have suffered. But if he wasn't also truly divine, he could not really have revealed God to us. He could not have faced the temptations and opposed evil. He could not have even defeated evil. He could not have risen from the dead. He could not have offered us life and life eternal. If Jesus was not human, but also divine. Of course, Jesus' humanness and divineness means that we can genuinely trust him with our lives. And yet, when we come to this account, the disciples seem not yet to have learned to trust Jesus. And perhaps there's something here for us to learn too. What does this account tell us about trusting Jesus? Well, as the account unfolds, you remember the disciples wake Jesus, they shake him awake and say, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Jesus calms the storm and then says to him, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? I think the disciples are reacting like we would. We're feeling like we're about to drown. There seems to be someone in the boat who's able to do something about it. Why aren't you doing something? Why aren't you changing the situation? And of course, there are times where we too find ourselves buffeted by the storms of life. Maybe it's to do with our personal health, our relationships with our children, our husbands, our wives, our girlfriends, our boyfriends, our friends. Maybe it's to do with our workplaces where we have ambitions unrealised or we're overworked or underpaid. Maybe we've been confronted by the challenges of study or even perhaps sometimes at church we find ourselves buffeted by the storms of life and expect better of our brothers and sisters. And like the disciples, we find ourselves saying, Teacher, Jesus, don't you care? Don't you care? Can't you see what is taking place? And then often we find ourselves taking things into our own hands, don't we? We will determine how things work out. And occasionally that leads into bitterness in our conversations and anger in our reactions with others as we don't get our way. At times it means an over-reliance on alcohol or withdrawing from others. And grace is replaced with suspicion. Jesus, you don't look like you're caring, so I'm going to take things into my own hands. But listen to what he says to the disciples. Why are you so afraid? Do you, not, do you still not have no faith? Jesus points to the problem. He says the problem is fear. You are afraid. You fear you will sink beneath the waves, that the storm will overtake you and you won't survive. You'll drown. That's the problem here. Your fear. 
That's what drives you to say, Jesus, you don't care. So Jesus says to his disciples, don't you still have faith? I don't think these are angry words, but words actually of frustration. Jesus is saying, have you not seen in my words and my actions that I'm trustworthy? Can't you see that I have your best interest at heart, that I care, that I have the power to make a difference, that I can change this world so defaced by evil? You know I really care. And yet, in spite of all the evidence, you doubt whether I really care. In the end, this incident tells us that Jesus is human and divine, but also can be trusted. For us, 2,000 years later, the evidence that Jesus can be trusted is even greater. As Mark's gospel unfolds, we discover that Jesus calmed the only storm that could truly sink us. The storm of God's justice and God's wrath. And he cared so much about that storm that he allowed himself to be thrown into the raging sea of God's wrath to die on the cross. So that we could be rescued. He absolutely does care. This is proof we can trust him. It's proof that he will not let us sink in all the other trials of life, all the other trials that might come our way. So that no matter what we face, no matter the storms of life, Jesus says, trust me. You are precious to me. I've done it all for you. And so this morning, I invite you to lift your eyes from the storms of this life and to look to the one who calmed the storm. Look to Jesus and trust in him. Amen.